Welcome to In Conversation. I'm your host, Brett Rogers. Before there was Uber, before there was Uber Eats, before there was 6060, before there was OneCart, before any of this, there was Bottles. Bottles were the first app that you could buy products online and have it delivered to you. The first. They spent years building that, working on it, trying to work out the functionality of it, finding the developers who could do it. And then overnight, they were told they were not allowed to do their business. Imagine doing that. Imagine sacrificing for years building your product and then being told you may not sell it. So that's what they were told. And overnight, the Bottles app pivoted, becoming one of the most important essential item delivery services in the country. I'm joined today by Vincent Viviers, one of the founding members, and he's going to tell that story. I hope you enjoy the show. I'm joined today by Vince Viviers. Um, obviously, um, in time of uh, lockdown, um, we are all interested in alcohol, but um, during lockdown, unfortunately, bottles were not able to uh, give us their uh, their reason for being. The whole reason for you guys existing was alcohol, and suddenly we weren't allowed to have it. How are you doing, Vincent? <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, man, it's uh, crazy and uncertain times we're living in. Um, we went very quickly from uh, being an alcohol delivery app and then growing it for the last four years, and then three days later, we were a grocery delivery app. So it's been quite a crazy time, man. I, I mean, it's just an incredible, uh, you, you guys did an amazing thing, but I wanted to ask you, like, how did, how did Bottles first come about? What was the, you know, the good old days before, before COVID? How did Bottles uh, come into existence? So myself and uh, a good friend of mine, Enrico, we were both working together at Unilever, um, and we'd become best friends. We'd also kind of built a really strong working relationship together. We, we thought we wanted to start our own business. And I, I guess we had this passion and drive and we felt that we were only really going to scratch that itch through giving it a shot ourselves. Um, like, like a lot of people back in 2015, we had the idea of let's build an app. Um, and we were two marketing people with no technical expertise whatsoever going, let's build an app. And I guess that was the kind of app boom phase. Um, we came across an app called Vivino, which allows you to scan uh, a label of a wine and see information about the wine. And we thought, well, this is weird. Why can't I order the wine now, right? So that was kind of the genesis of the idea. And um, it kind of evolved from there. We were having a braai in Durban. We were staying at the time. And we had run out of drinks. And that's when the penny, I think, really dropped for us. Like, who hasn't wanted to press a button and have drinks magically arrive within an hour, right? So that's kind of where the idea came from. We did some research. We found this was a booming, uh, a booming concept in the U.S. already. There were multiple businesses who were kind of skating of alcohol, and that gave us a blueprint for what we wanted to build. Um, and, yeah, uh, from there, I guess we, we, we built a business plan. We had to try and find developers. That was super difficult, uh, but eventually found some developers, and about – 13 months later, we launched in March 2016. What was, what was so tricky about the developer side of things? Look, those were the early days of app development in South Africa, I'd say. Uh, globally, apps were already a big deal. I think locally, there weren't a lot of really good app development resources, or at least ones that you could vet, because there weren't a lot of South African-built consumer-facing apps at that time. So we spoke, one, it was hard to find any developers that could do this other than big software companies that were going to charge us quite a lot of money. And we were bootstrapping mm -hmm. this ourselves. So 
So we, we found it hard to find developers. And then once we found them, most of them didn't have a lot of experience in building consumer-facing apps. Sure, like they didn't have a portfolio that they could say, hey, this is an app I built, look how great it is, so we could go, we can trust these guys. In fact, the developers mm. we first started working with had never built a consumer-facing app. So we took a leap of wow. faith with them. Wow. Yeah, I know, it's crazy. We took a leap of faith with these guys because they knew what they were doing. And I think uh, technically they were really good. And we thought that, look, we know the consumer quite well, so we'll try and play that lens. And it was a bit of a gamble, to be honest, and I think we, we were fortunate that it paid off. And I suppose if you've got, uh, you know, I would imagine if you've got like a bit of common sense, you can look at an app and you can, des you can design the user experience uh, to some degree just through common sense and thinking as a consumer. Like if I'm using this app, how do I want to use this? So not, don't have to worry too much about that yeah. uh, in the beginning anyway. You know what? It's a weird one. Everybody focuses quite a lot, as did we in the beginning, on how an app looks and the user experience, right? And that's uh. super important. I'm not taking away from that at all. But I think what's more important than that is to make sure that the, the, the structure and the hierarchy and the business logic behind the app is super sound so that your business can run. Mm. Now, the developers we partnered with were very good at that. They'd built a lot of B2B apps and platforms for logistics companies um, and supply chain companies. So the business logic was sound in how our app worked and the functionality was spot on. The user experience wasn't perfect at first. I think we've evolved it over time to try and improve the user experience and the look and feel. But for me, functionality is the most important thing. There are, so, there are countless apps that have launched that look really, really pretty, but the basic functionality mm. isn't there and they keep failing, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And I think that's, that for me is a big gap in, in South African apps. Is like everyone wants to build a really pretty app and everyone focuses on how, how does it look, how does the screen position, but if you can't get the functionality part right up front, You've yeah. got no business. Yeah. And your consumer will remember that and they'll be terrified of it. Yeah. And look, so we, we went well, especially in South Africa. We went functionality first. We've tried to bring form in better. I think, look, if I'm honest, we still have a way to go to get our user experience and, and UX uh, even better than it is today. But we've come a really long way in the last four years, I'd say. And you also have different priorities right now. Um, so wh while, while we're talking about that, um, what if, you know, it must have been... Um, scary when uh, as a business person uh, heading into knowing that we're going to lock down um, did you and your partner decide immediately to pivot and to switch your offering when you heard when you suspected what was going to go on look I think we were we were fortunate in that we have a partnership with one of the biggest retailers in the country in pick and pay and that partnership's been there for probably more than two years now since mid 2018 um, mm. so we, we've been working with those guys for a while. I guess it was always our plan to evolve what we were doing into more than just liquor. Um, and we weren't quite, we weren't exactly sure on how, but we had, we knew there was an opportunity in grocery in pharmacy in baby products in multiple other verticals outside of liquor. And this was an ongoing discussion we were having with pick and pay. I think that obviously this global pandemic has fast tracked things massively. So after the first uh, announcement by the president, even pre-lockdown, we already had to shift our whole business from working in an office to working from home because we knew this was coming and we wanted to be prepared. So straight after that talk, mm -hmm. the next day, we had to get everyone routers, make sure they were set up with phones, and, and we could run not just the normal functions, but a call center, customer service and dispatching, marketing finance, everyone could work from home. Um, during the, wow, wow. Yeah, the, the, that was quite an effort to do, but we... 
I'm glad we did it then because when lockdown was actually announced, we were ready, right? I think the second mm-hmm. part was um, uh, the pivot to grocery, I guess, leading up when, when the first lockdown announcement was made by the president, he was very vague about liquor. And I guess that we, we were kind of feeling uncomfortable that possibly liquor was going to be, be banned. But at the same time, we also saw this as an opportunity for us to extend into grocery now. So we approached Pick and Pay, and they approached at the same time and said, look, there's going to be more people wanting home deliveries of goods, um, and we, we have everything we need. We've got the tech, we've got the customers, we've got the logistics, we've got it all set up. Let's add groceries to our yeah. app already. Uh, and then when they told us alcohol was, ban- was going to be completely banned, obviously we need to pivot completely. It wasn't just about adding a couple of grocery lines. It was now, okay, how can we change our entire app to be a grocery delivery app for the next while. Um, the, lo- the lockdown mm. for alcohol was on the Thursday. On the Friday, we finally got into a room with Pick and Pay, or into a virtual room, I should say, with Pick and Pay, <laughs> and we were able to agree uh, terms on how we would do grocery. On Saturday morning, the work kicked off, and on Tuesday, three days later, we, lo- we went live with it. Vincent, I lost you the last... 15 seconds. No worries. Um, yeah, I, I was saying, so the, the Friday we got the sign-off from Pick and Pay. We started the work. Tuesday we launched with a pilot um, for grocery. Uh, two stores to start with. On the Wednesday we rolled out to 48 stores across the country. And this was the base of stores that we were already working with on liquor. So it was kind of easier to roll out to them because there was already ways of working. But then when we saw such a big uptake from consumers – both us and Pick and Pay were, knew we needed to extend this to more areas. Uh, in the following week, we extended from 48 stores to 94 stores, right? And we did this all under lockdown. So we did this by training people, by training via Zoom, via, via, um, by taking people from stores who had been running the liquor service for us and moving them across to a grocery store to train the new guys on how to do the systems. We did this all in really difficult to do it. So we, I think, look, for us, we, we, we count ourselves very fortunate as a business. During these uncertain times where a lot of businesses are struggling, we've been able to provide, we've been able to keep all our staff, we've hired more people, we've more than doubled our reach, we've more than trebled our volume, um, and, and, and we've expanded our coverage across the country. Uh, so, yeah, hmm. I think we're very fortunate. Um, well, congratulations on, I mean, on the business success is great, but, but being actually being able to activate all that stuff is an incredible achievement. Um, it must've been hard, but fun at the same time, I would imagine, like going to war together with your buddy, with brothers and sisters. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. This is probably the closest I've felt to the feeling of starting a business again. Like pivoting this business as a project was almost like restarting a business from scratch again. Um, so it's been, it's been super hard. We've been working and I'm, super, I'm very proud of my team, but I think everyone's, everyone pulled together in this time of need, and it felt like we had a purpose and a role to play to, to kind of keep people safe in their homes, to keep jobs. Um, and mm. I think everybody mm. used that as a way to kind of pull together. My team were pulling, were pulling ridiculously long days and hours, um, and, and I'm, I'm super proud of them for doing that. Um, I wanted to know, kind of doing well, um, at a time like this or uh, being seen to take advantage um, can can come across by, from some people. Some people will be either bitter or they won't see the bigger picture and that you're actually providing a service. Were you nervous about 
about the pivot, about going into groceries and about that kind of reaction? Or you were just like, fuck it, I need to do what I need to do? No, look, I think for us, we, we're in an industry that is probably one of the only industries globally that is seeing a benefit um, and is actually growing in e-commerce, right? And, and that's not really just luck. I think we bought into e-commerce four years ago before anyone bought into e-commerce in this country. In fact, when we launched as an on-demand alcohol delivery app, there were no on-demand apps launched in this country. Mr. Delivery wow. was a wow. menu on your fridge, right? You used to call in mm. to get your order delivered. Uber Eats didn't exist. Um, the only platform you could order from, I think, was Orderin, who had a website at the time. So we were kind of pioneers in the on-demand app delivery space in South Africa. So for me, when this came, I, uh, the way we saw it is that we, the last four years have been setting our business up to be ready to scale, right? And now when, when our industry is suddenly has the opportunity to scale, we were going to grab that. I think the first thing that went through our mind was, well, if, if we don't pivot, I have 18 people who I'm employing. I have more, I've 100 drivers who contract to us. And their livelihoods are going to be at stake here. Um, so I, mm. I think for us, it was more like we've built something that can, that can really help people during this time. Um, we should leverage that as much as we can. So the pivot made sense for us. Um, yeah, and, and, and I guess as a result, I'm quite proud of the guys for doing it and pulling it off. Yeah. Um, have, you, have you seen um, a, a growth in the... I mean, you're never going to go back to just liquor, right? You, this is like... This is forever. Yeah, I, th- I think and definitely. Advancements and innovation. 100%. I think we, we always wanted to, to move into new verticals. We don't know how we were going to do it, but this has really proven to us and to our partner in Pick and Pay that there's a big opportunity in grocery and liquor. I think when liquor comes back, we'll reintroduce it onto the platform. Mm. But uh, I think we're going to carry on doing grocery ongoing now. Are there any um, interesting innovations uh, that you're, you're planning that you're happy to talk about or exciting new, uh, new projects? Yeah, look, I think grocery's been a new, it's, a, it's been a new challenge for us. Our business wasn't set up as a grocery app to start with, right? And there's a lot of complexity in grocery that comes that isn't there in liquor. So as an example, uh, in liquor, you have a few out-of-stocks um, and, and substitutions that you have to make. At one stage, we had about 10% of items were out-of-stock. We've integrated with pick and pay systems, wow. so we got that down to less than 1%, right? Then we pivoted wow. to grocery, Incredible. and we changed our range now to more than 3,500 items. And suddenly, you're dealing with, with a range that has far more out-of-stocks, right? So the user experience there, when an item is not available, and you either have to call the client and suggest a substitution, it's, it's just a bit too manual, and it's not a great experience. So the first thing we're working on, and we're going to be launching hopefully tomorrow, um, or this weekend, is in-app substitutions. So once you've placed an order, you'll mm-hmm. be sent a push notification if, some, uh, if something is out of stock, and you'll be able to choose through a list of mm-hmm. items to select as a substitution. Um, mm-hmm. That's just one example of, I think, how we've had to change our operations and our app to evolve to grocery. Um, there's quite a few other exciting things that we're going to look at doing. I think pre-lockdown already, we were looking at, at new ways of, of shopping on our app, uh, things such as subscriptions, um, like a, a wine subscription as an example. Obviously, we can't do that now, but, but we have mm-hmm. quite a bit of new functionality that's waiting in the wings um, that once we get through, I think, some of the operational hurdles and adaptation to grocery that we're currently still working through that we can start focusing on then. 
Amazing. Uh, Vincent, uh, thanks very much for your time. Is there anything other than bottles that you would like to punt um, for our listeners? <laughs> no, bo- bo- <laughs> bottles is my baby. It's my firstborn baby. Bottles is my baby. <laughs> it literally is, man. I think, uh, I think I've put everything into this business for four years, and, and it's like my firstborn. It holds a strong place in my heart. Uh, and, yeah, um, I'm very thankful to, to, to still keep my baby going during these tough times. Well, I feel like applauding. Thank you so much for your time, Vince, and uh, you have a beautiful day, man. Thanks. It was great to meet you, Brett. Cheers, man. Sweet, buddy. Ciao.